You're listening to the Geekscape Network. Every writer that you meet will have that one script. That one script that is their heart and soul that they love so very much that has not been discovered yet. That's what this podcast is all about. We find those scripts, these unbelievably original gems, and we bring them to life with a table read of professional actors. Welcome to Undiscovered Scripts, Movies Made of Paper. Welcome to Episode 3 of Damsels and Dragons, brought to you by Undiscovered Scripts, Movies Made of Paper. No! We are not gaming with you. Sarah falters and stares. In-character talk shatters. Everyone, both sides, looks a little disappointed. Calvin leans in to face Drew. Nicely played, but let me make this real simple for you. You are all loser-ass posers. And we do not game with loser-ass posers. I made that entirely clear when you and your little monster stormed out of the old group. Jack's hand tightens around her sigh. Drew clenches her jaw. It's a tense moment. Sharks versus jets. I can't sing. Calvin moves off, signaling the bone shards to follow. The beast is waiting for you all. Come. They begin to leave. Pinched hesitates. (sighs) Nice to see you guys again. Jack gives a sad half-smile and a short wave of thanks to Pinched. He nods, then smiles at Bianca before heading off. Bianca smiles back. The girls rally around their DM. The excitement from the good role-play is sapped. The troop stands there, forlorn and aimless, especially Drew, who looks deeply hurt. In Drew's house, Jack walks into the living room where Drew is carving on a large piece of wood and going nowhere. What is this? I'm making a sword. Do you know how to do that? I work in a cubicle, Jack, not a forge, all right? You wouldn't make a wooden sword in a forge. Whatever. Drew throws her project down. Jack takes a seat next to her. I hate that it's so easy for that jerk to make me feel so stupid about something I love so much. We're adults now, sweetie. You can say asshat. <laughs> yes, thank you. Asshat. It kind of sounds like adat when you say it fast. Well, I always said ATATs. Why? Because the other ones are called ATSTs, and it didn't make sense that one should be called atats and the other one isn't called ats. Ats. We're getting off topic. I know you're used to playing with more. Uh, experienced players. But this new group, I think it's great. They're green, sure, but they've got spirit, and I'm having fun. Uh, We can barely have two minutes of game time without someone breaking character. And if that's not bad enough, we look like amateurs. We look cheap. That observation clearly disappoints Jack. Can't you see they're right? We are amateurs. We do look stupid. We're not in a contest. We started this hobby because we wanted to have fun. And I know this is changing gears a bit, but 
That rule book. Personally, I think we should burn it completely. No, get rid of it. Let it go. No, I'm elite. We need to be elite, but we're not. And I feel like that asshat is right about us. Jack doesn't know what to say. Text the girls. Tell them we're going to meet early on Friday. Drew leaves the room, taking her wooden sword with her. Jack watches her go. That Friday, the girls are once again gathered at the edge of the woods. Each of them has improved their garb and weapons a bit, but they aren't up to par when compared to the detail and expense of the bone shards. Drew stands before all of them. Okay, I guess this is an improvement. Mm. So, let's talk about our encounter with their thief. Pinched. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that was kind of a badass showdown there. It was pretty sweet. That's because that's what real LARPers do. Naruna raises an eyebrow at the use of the word real. Jack opens her mouth. So, I'm clamping down on the rules. You weren't before? No more OOC. Wait, what's a... Out of character, Bianca. Seriously? Drew pulls the rule book. The group lets out a collective, quiet sigh <sighs> as Drew powers through a few chapters to find the index. She holds it up for Bianca to see. Oh, yeah. Must have missed that. She tucks the binder away again. No more out of character. Hardcore LARPing from here on out. We're taking our game to the next level, and if they want us out... They have to do it in the game. Would they play along with that? Oh, trust me, they will. So go all out. Seriously, when we walk into those woods, you've left this mundane world behind, and anyone we encounter is from that other world. Unless it's like a cop or a crazy person or something. Or if we need to refer to rules, all right? Drew pulls Jack aside for a moment. Is this your new plan? How the hell else are we going to deal with Calvin? You know what he's like. Yeah, I do, and this is really going to piss him off. Isn't that a good thing? A smile slowly grows on Jack's face. Montage. The beast, Art, leaps down from a tree and casts a spell, throwing a red ball. The shards scatter as the tinfoil lands near all of them. An explosion is heard as though a fireball spell were really cast. The shards recover and the sound of steel is heard as all their weapons are drawn. Calvin nods to the beast as it readies itself for an ambush. The bone shards are approaching, unaware of the impending bloodbath. Calvin grins and raises his hand. The beasts nod and is ready to pounce. Naruna. Lightning bolt. A ball of tinfoil strikes the beast in the back of the head. Art falls to his knees, pitches forward and dies. Calvin shoots a look at Naruna standing there, Bianca and Drew assembled behind her. You're welcome. The girls walk by. Calvin looks like he wants to say something. He looks back to his group and the beast, lying dead. Kolar shrugs in confusion. Calvin looks livid. Later, the shards are all sitting in camp, having lunch and chatting. Calvin stands. I'm off to the privy. We'll start when I get back. The moment he's gone, out of the bushes steps Bianca with bags over her shoulder. Good day, fellow travelers. Pinch's face lights up when he sees her. The rest of the shards look like a mixture of irritation and confusion. Have you seen a young woman pass this way? She's about this tall, blood running from her eyes. They look at each other. No? 
Uh, probably nothing. There have been rumors of a guardian that lumbers around a haunted grove nearby. A grove filled with jewels and soda. Well, I must be off. Gods keep you safe. She leaves. Pinch is thoroughly amused. Could be fun. They look at each other, then begin packing up quickly and heading off in Bianca's direction. Lucera tags along, her disgust apparent. They emerge from a thicket to find the girl surrounding a bag loaded with chocolate gold coins. Bangrid has a big grin on his face and Pinched looks both excited and on the verge of a giggle fit. Sarah seizes the opportunity. She leaps out in front of her sister's hand on her sword. Highwaymen! <laughs> right. If we were highwaymen, we wouldn't come trouncing through the bush for all the world to hear. Quite a bounty you discovered. Mimi steps forward. Yes, and it's ours. What are your intentions? <laughs> Relax, sister. I, too, am a vessel of the gods. We were told this wood was haunted and that there was treasure to be found. If you have found the treasure, then all that remains is purifying this place of the lost souls who wander here. Mimi has stage fright. She looks to Sarah for a second, then back to Bangrit. Um, uh, Kay, uh, yes, this sounds noble to me. Drew smiles in growing excitement. They're in the zone again. Everyone is RPing. Calvin is suddenly in her face, appearing out of nowhere and looking very, very unhappy. You're interfering with my game. Drew jumps, staring at him, and turns to her group. A mysterious man has emerged from the woods and begins to speak to the thin air. Calvin is totally lost. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What the hell are you... Jack it... comes stepping out from the bushes. You're not sure if he's talking to you or himself. Bianca stifles a giggle. Calvin's jaw clenches. Drew, turn around and get... He seems to be demanding obedience from a tree. <sighs> You think you're just so damn clever. Huh. Clearly, he's disturbed. This isn't going to work. The deranged man continues to rant. He appears to be agitated and insane. I am not. I am, I am telling you. He could be dangerous. You may have to put him down. You're truly pathetic. Pathetic. Just look at you. She looks at him in the eyes now. <laughs> Crap garb. Cheap boffers. Your role-playing is grade school newbery. You're all, you're all like a, a bunch of sad reddies. Hey, what the hell is wrong with the Ren Fair? Oh, oh, nothing, Jack. There's plenty of other posers just like you in cheap fairy costumes and used boxing pads for armor. You'll feel right at home. All of you will. I like the Ren Fair. Of course you do. With that, he turns his back on a stunned Drew and pissed Jack, casually waving to the shards to rally around him. Let's not have to do this again. The shards begin to leave. Pinched looks visibly unhappy. Jack puts her hand on Drew's shoulder. Drew, it's fine. Let's just find a new place to play. Wait. Calvin glances back. Keeper of the crown. Jack's eyes widen. <laughs> You've got to be kidding me. Drew, we aren't ready for that. The shards look at each other with raised eyebrows. Calvin's eyes become very serious. 
better listen to your fan base. Um, what the hell is happening right now? Jack, what are they talking about? Gonna sissy out? <laughs> All right. I'll let you go to me. Do you have terms? <clears throat> the terms are this. It will be a melee. Our creatures will be guarding the tomb, which holds the crown. Both our creatures must fight any who reach the tomb. Monster characters may only fight members of the opposite team. Blah, blah, blah. I know the game. I ask for your terms. If you win, you'll never see us again. Whoever wins gets to dictate who plays when and where, if they're allowed back at all. Done. And you and I will both fairly call out rulings. You best bring that cute little rule book of yours, then. The shards laughed to themselves. <laughs> <laughs> Quiet. <laughs> Drew clenches her jaw. Next Saturday, noon. The generals shake hands. Calvin leans over to Lasora as they turn away. Call our extra NPCs. Make sure they are on. Lasora nods. We finally see her smile. As the groups break, Calvin catches sight of Bianca giving Pinch a flirtatious goodbye wave. Pinch smiles and returns the gesture. Pinched. Put it back in your pants. Let's go. Pinched looks embarrassed and quickly follows. Drew has noticed this behavior as well and looks equally frustrated. So, Battle Royale next Saturday? Can someone explain to me what just happened? Drew issued a challenge for rights to the gaming ground. Oh, man, please tell me that means I get to bash that warrior's head in. We all get to take what's owed to us. You just sounded really evil. Well, I hope that doesn't mean we have to kill Pint, uh, their thief. Cause, you know, he's been so nice to us and all and- Drew suddenly whirls on Bianca. Rule number two, no guys. You're messing with the credibility of the whole damn group and making us look like even worse amateurs than we already do. What's wrong with you? Do you need to look at the rules again? Do you? They're right here. Drew whips out the massive rule book and starts turning pages. Drew. And and this is the garb I asked you to get? The, the better weapons? Sarah, that sword is just sad. You did yourself a favor throwing it in and losing it in the first game. You all need to step it up. The girls are shocked and hurt. Jack steps forward. Drew, can we talk, please? We need cohesion, we need seriousness, all right? None of you are LARPers. None of you give a damn about the game. Drew, stop. You, you're my NPC. You're supposed to be elite. You're supposed to have my back. Not when you're the one being the asshat. Oh, I'm? Yeah, all right, fine. You're right. You know what? I don't even give a damn anymore. You can all do whatever the hell you want. I hate this stupid-ass game. She slams the rulebook closed and leaves. The girls look at each other. Jack doesn't know what to say. One by one, they disperse, each going a different direction, some storming off, some looking hurt. Bianca makes sure she gets the chocolates before walking away with the hanging head. In a forest clearing, Drew is standing in a familiar fog. Her face is already showing apprehension as she timidly places one foot ahead of the other. The sounds of battle are heard up ahead, 
She emerges from the thick air and there it is again, the scene of carnage. The adventurers are being killed off one by one. Hold. Hold. No one hears her. As the last adventurer dies, Drew snatches up the sword and charges and freezes in her tracks as the creature removes its helm. It's herself. No. Drew can't move. Her evil self laughs and laughs. <laughs> All the bone shards are there suddenly, <laughs> laughing in mockery. Calvin is pointing at her. Drew opens her eyes. She's in her bedroom in the morning. She takes a moment to get her bearings from the bad dream, then buries her head in her pillow for a second. On impulse, she looks up and sees a picture of her and Jack after a game, sitting on her dresser across the room. In the picture, they are grinning as Jack pretends to slice her throat with her claws. Drew sighs. Moments later... In Drew and Jack's house, Drew steps out of her room and shuffles into the living room, looking exhausted. Jack is there, packing up items into a duffel bag. Morning. You're up early? Uh, yeah. I just had a dream that was like Luke's trial on Dagobah. Did you cut your own head off? No. What's going on here? Drew sees her tuck one of her sides into the bag, along with a spare buffer. Jack? There's a practice game this morning. What? When did I plan that? The group did. They don't think you should run the game anymore. Oh. Jack grabs her stuff. Who's running it? We don't know yet. Probably me. Oh. I mean... Do you think I, I should run the game? I mean, was there, like, a conversation about... Not having me back in my own group? What do you care? You're done with this stupid-ass game, remember? Why does it matter? You don't even like your own group. Where the hell does that leave anyone? Drew doesn't know how to reply to that. You were the one that wanted me to do this in the first place. Right. Right. This is all on me. Drew, you wanted to do this. I pushed you because that's what friends do. Maybe that's where I screwed up, but it doesn't matter now. There's a silence that settles between them. I was the one that threw down the challenge. You guys don't have to go through with it. Yeah, we do. We want to. Besides, you know how Sarah gets. Once the gauntlet has been thrown down, it's... Yeah. Okay. Jack leaves abruptly. Drew is alone. That day in the forest, the girls are gathered in a semicircle, fidgeting and looking more than a little uncertain. I told Drew we kicked her out. The girls all look a little unhappy. So, there's a slight problem with me assuming the role of Game Master. While I've always wanted to, I've never actually run a game before, so we'll just practice a lot. Let's learn to really work together and to make it even more fun. Let's commit to our characters. We're going to lose this, aren't we? The hell we are! I've got a score to settle. So does Nurina. 
These bastards have been kicking us around since we got here. Even if we lose, this is our chance to stand up for ourselves. But you can't be both the monster and the game master, can you? Jack smiles weakly and shrugs. Moments later in the forest, the girls are listening to Jack describe the scene before them. They are doing their best to appear genuinely fascinated and impressed, but it's not going so well. The smell is bad. It's coming from there. It's really bad. Bad, bad. So, wait, it's like a cave? No. Yes. Cool stuff could be in that cave. Mimi. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, Treasure may lay within. Apparently, it smells like death may lay within. Does anything lay about the cave entrance? Um, like what? Like tribal markings, claw marks, skulls. Yep. Yep. Yes. Which? Skulls. See? Death. All right. Perhaps there's a way to find out what's inside without. Jack is suddenly charging them. The girls, totally unprepared, scream. Ah! Naruna throws herself back. Bianca drops to the ground and covers her head while Cyrus shoves Mimi in front of her. Hey! A few quick moves and everyone is dead, leaving only Bianca. Jack lays into her. Her sigh comes down again and again. Bianca's terrified. The girls relax as they watch Jack continue to stab Bianca over and over. What did I do? What did I do? I came out of the cave to kill you. It takes her a moment to realize the change of hats from game master to monster. Yeah, this whole wearing two hats thing is going to be a little tricky for us, Jack. Jack's shoulders slump and she takes a seat. Bianca sits up and puts her hand on her shoulder. It's okay. It'll be a learning curve. Does anyone know someone who might want to play? Could we put out an ad for a new player? There's not enough time, but I guess it's worth a shot. I mean, you never know, right? I found you guys on an ad. They smile at her, trying to show support. All right. We'll work with what we've got. Just do your drills at home and practice, just like I showed you. Everyone is deflated. As the girls part ways, Naruna approaches Jack. You realize that with you being a game master, the crown is only going to have one guardian. And that guardian is only going to be fighting us and not them. In Jack's room at night, Jack is typing on her computer, a desperate look on her face. The words appear on the screen. Looking to fill a spot in girls' live action role-playing group, LARP, NPC needed for monster role in big melee. She takes a deep breath as the beep from her machine indicates that it's been posted. In Mimi's apartment, Mimi looks at her holy symbol and mace sitting next to each other. She puts on the symbol and swings the mace. She smiles for a moment, then falters. She glances at herself in the mirror, then down to a jar she has on her desk that says, tip money. The smile comes back, 
She grabs her phone and dials. Hi, may I please speak to Naruna? Oh, wow, you sound different on the phone. So, let me ask you, where does one buy LARP gear anyway? Well, I was just thinking, let's go balls to the wall with this thing. In Bianca's room, Bianca is sitting on her bed. Her daggers lay out in front of her. She is strapping her bracers on and giving them a close inspection. Then suddenly snatches a dagger from in front of her and hurls it towards the wall. It strikes a cardboard stand-up of Edward Cullen right in the face. The stand-up topples over. Her phone rings. Bushy bushy. Hey! Seriously? I'm in. In Sarah's backyard, Sarah is alone flipping around her great sword the way the Kurgan did in his hotel room in Highlander. She does a quick series of moves, takes a long swig from a bottle of water, pours it over her face, then starts again, this time with a shout. Her cell phone rings. She glances at it. In Jack's room at night, Jack checks her email. One new message. She opens it. It reads, Not a problem. I'm experienced and have my own gear. See you Saturday. Jack sighs, both relieved and a little sad. That evening, Naruna is lit by candles in a dark room and dressed in her mage robes. She works diligently on the project before her, Balls of tinfoil line up next to a new spellbook. Carefully, as though she were handling bombs, she places the tinfoil balls into her pouch and seals it up. She is quite pleased with herself. She blows out her candles. It's Saturday, and Jack is leaving her room and pauses, seeing Drew in her PJs, sitting on the sofa, drinking some coffee. Hey. Hey. Today is the big day, huh? Yep. You all actually decided to go through with it? Yeah. Well... Well... Good luck. I know you'll do great. Jack smiles in sad appreciation. Thank you. Another awkward silence. Then Jack waves goodbye. Bye. And she's gone. Drew stares at the door. In the forest, the girls approach. Naruna, newly garbed and holding her staff, approaches. Her dark robes flow behind as she strides up with her game face on. Mimi approaches from her flank, garbed up more than ever, looking like a priestess with some serious piety on her side. Sarah approaches from the opposite side of Naruna, stepping into view. She's in her armor, new, ornate, and polished. She even wears a circlet on her head. Red Sonia style. Bianca walks in with a slight bounce that tosses her curls around in the sunlight. She slides a fake dagger into a sheath as she walks, strapping it to her forearm like a pro. Jack, wearing comfortable, loose-fitting garb as she twirls her sigh as though she's getting ready for a martial arts tournament, walks in. She can't help but grin at the girls as they all converge. Wow. Holy crap, you all look amazing. Been visiting the armories much? I look so badass, right? You guys know you didn't have to do all this, right? Garb doesn't make the player. No, we know. It was my idea. I just thought, why the hell not? Yeah, I mean, it's part of the fun, right? 
we put together a group pool, so it became a bonding thing. Sarah used her company shipping address to get it overnighted and whammo, instant badasses. You were already badasses. Oh, and there's this. Sarah pulls up her sleeve that has a new patch on it, an elaborate, badass-looking coat of arms of a maiden staring at a dragon with the words, Damsels and Dragons. The other girls show theirs as well. With a grin, Sarah hands a patch to Jack. Jack takes it reverently. We needed a group name. We kicked around some ideas and came up with this. Hope that's okay. Oh my god. This is great. You guys are amazing. Damsels and dragons. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Now we just need a full group. I'm guessing you put out an ad. Yeah, actually, um... I got a response for a temp, but it was vague, and if they're not here already, I guess... I'm here. The girls turn. Drew is standing there, a small pair of horns coming out of her head. Her face is painted up like a savage berserker, with streaks of red across her eyes. Her hair is spiked, and a two-handed axe that's almost as tall as her rests in her hands. She's wearing her wings, too. This is... Monster. The damsels are speechless. Drew approaches them. Hi. You all look great. Uh, nice horns? It's uncomfortable. Bianca particularly looks hurt by the sight of Drew. Drew, on the other hand, looks like she might cry if she doesn't start talking. I'm just gonna fire away if that's all right. I was bullied a lot. In school and stuff? <laughs> oh, God, this sounds so cheesy. Um, people were assholes, and I finally found some people who were geeky like me. When we first started, everyone was having all this fun, and I, I don't know. I don't know how or when everything got so serious. I don't know when it was we became the assholes. That's why Jack and I left the group. Well, we were thrown out, actually, because we spoke up. Just like them, I was doing to you guys what bullies did to me. I think sometimes we forget to deal with how, I don't know, hurt we still are from stuff. That doesn't give me permission to act the way I did. I realized you all had it right. I lost sight of why we play in the first place. Just like someone we all know. I let Calvern get to me. I ruined it for everyone. And I'm really sorry. Bianca, I'm sorry. I'm really sorry, you guys. I really am. The damsels all give her a sympathetic look. Oh. And I brought this. Drew pulls out the massive rule book. The girls instinctively flinch upon sight of it. Drew can't help but laugh a little. She walks to the nearest trash, only a few feet away, and drops it in. If it's okay, I would really like to join your group. All the girls grin. Jack walks up to Drew and holds out a patch. Drew sees it for the first time and beams. Oh my god, look at this. We're damsels and dragons. This is so good. Well, 
I guess I can guard the crown now. No, I'll do it. Drew, no offense, but I'm... A better fighter, I know. But you've always wanted to run a game. I know it feels like there's a lot riding on this, but to hell with winning or losing. Let's play for fun today. Jack gives her a proud smile. The girls feel charged, united at last. Group hug! Bianca, that's sweet, but nobody does a group hug in real life. <laughs> Sarah grabs her. The girls bring it into a big hug. Oh, shut up. Baseball teams do it, and we're not here for a real life. <laughs> There's a collective giggle as the group stands arm in arm in a tight circle. <laughs> Jack looks at them all in the eyes. All right. Remember why we started this in the first place. Remember what being a geek means. To hell with winning or losing. Whatever happens, play. Got it? Yeah! Yeah! yeah. We ready to do this? Hell yeah! Hell yeah! yeah. Cool. Slow motion tombstone walk. The damsels are assembled. They rise over the crest of a hill, a steady badass walk, garbed out like never before, determination on their faces and walking in a perfect spread formation right behind Drew. Drew nods and breaks away. Jack nods in reply. A few moments later in the forest clearing, the damsels and the bone shards merge into the clearing, standing apart from each other like two armies about to face off. The GMs walk towards each other and come to a stop a few feet away from each other. Well, well, well. Look at this, bone shards. The no-name noobs have. We're damsels and dragons. The bone shards collectively scoff at the name. The damsels line up alongside Jack, defiant, matter-of-fact, in character. The shards become straight face. The damsels aren't messing around. Calvin has to find his words for a second. Uh, oh, okay. All right, uh, then I guess we're finally ready. Moments later, the monsters are guarding the crown. Art looks all the way down at Drew who takes her place next to him. Sup. Sup. They ready themselves, both looking agitated and bloodthirsty. They are 100% in character, their faces painted in horrible visages. The finish line is gonna be a bloodbath. The two troops meeting face to face as enemies for the last time. Eyes narrow, fists clench around the hilts of their weapons. It's go time. And that concludes episode three of Damsels and Dragons. Thank you for listening, and please check out our podcast page for the final chapter, episode four. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Undiscovered Scripts. Movies made of paper. Get it for free on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about this script, along with details of the cast and crew, please visit our website at moviesmadeofpaper.com. You'll get a whole new story in next week's episode.